the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danila, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast 26. The title of today's podcast is Returning to Normal in the Age of Reopening Anxiety. Hello again. So how are you? Have you been vaccinated yet? Do you want to be? I wanted to check in with you for a number of reasons, but mostly because of what we're seeing right now all around us. I passed by a CVS pharmacy last week and they offered the COVID vaccine, something that would have been equated to winning the lottery a few months ago. All of a sudden, after a year of hibernation, I find myself back to my usual activities maskless. It was almost as though I had had a bad dream and woke up. But alas, it was real. And we do have to deal with the possibilities of challenges such as a pandemic in the future. But right now, today, I am very happy. I feel like the character Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. You may remember how she was dressed in black, supposed to be in mourning for a late husband, and she was sick and tired of it, tired of wearing black, tired of death and dying, sick of a war that changed her way of life. And she wanted to dance with the handsome Rhett Butler. And so she did dance. She was so ready. As the vaccination rollout has sped up, not all of us feel like Scarlett. For many, this transitional period has been tentative and a time of a new kind of anxiety. Anna Russell wrote an article in the New Yorker called The Age of Reopening Anxiety. She notes the following, that a report by the American Psychological Association published in March, 2021, found that almost half of Americans surveyed felt, quote, uneasy about adjusting to in-person interaction after the pandemic, end quote. And those numbers did not change among the fully vaccinated. Nearly half of adults said that they did not feel comfortable going back to living life like they used to before the pandemic. Our social muscles have atrophied, says author and conflict resolution facilitator Priya Parker. In Parker's work, she often deals with groups of people who have been through a transformative experience together. The process by which they rejoin society after such an experience is called re-entry. She considers the pandemic a transformational experience for everyone. Re-entry 
is upon us all. There's extraordinary anxiety in that phase and it's not illogical or irrational anxiety, she said. We have to ask the question that reentry asks. They start with practical questions like, do I wear my mask? Do I say yes to this invitation? Russell spoke with Arthur Bregman, a psychiatrist in Coral Gables, Florida, who has been using a new phrase to describe our desire to stay home, cave syndrome. Bregman has been seeing patients for more than 40 years. As COVID vaccinations have become more commonplace, he has noticed a a reluctance to venture out again among his patients even the fully immunized. People can't shake the anxiety, he says. They feel fearful and insecure about the uncertainty of the situation. So they're very kind of timid and uneasy. We can understand this as we've never really encountered this before. Bregman has theorized that people experience cave syndrome at different levels of severity, with mild queasiness at the thought of a trip to the grocery store on one end and full-blown withdrawal from friends and family on the other. For some, it is caused by panic, anxiety, and other comorbid disorders. For others, it mirrors Stockholm syndrome, where captives develop a troubling bond with their captors. The pandemic has spurred a recalibration of priorities and of what matters, the British psychoanalyst Josh Cohen told Russell. Cohen is the author of the 2019 book, Not Working which argues for the unexpected benefits of inactivity. During the first lockdown in the UK, he observed a kind of giddiness in some of his patients, an opening up of the possibilities of life within a narrow circuit. Some individuals' private lives had benefited from the slowdown. Some people have let themselves discover empty time and actually inhabit it and not be pulled into the ever-present temptation to fill it, he said. Russell goes on to say, for millions of Americans during the past 14 months, of course, there was no empty time. In hospitals and nursing homes and pharmacies and grocery stores, many worked harder and longer than ever alongside the virus but for a large percentage of the working population, more than a third, according to a survey by the US Census Bureau, the onset of the pandemic forced a retreat into the home. For office workers freed from the office, the norms of capitalism were suspended. They no longer had a commute or a boss who hovered over them. They could work from anywhere, and many did, in smaller towns, In bigger houses, closer to family, they hadn't spent more than a week at a time with for years. Many young people moved in with their parents temporarily, 
forming multi-generational working communes. Now, as we approach the promised land of normalcy, we find once again, just as in the beginning of this pandemic, and as described in my earlier podcasts, that we have differences in our way of handling this transition. We need to be patient and gentle with ourselves. And again, we need to be intentional about noticing when those around us are struggling to the point where professional help is warranted. Uh, I direct you back to the podcast interviews with our two psychiatrists, Dr. Brett D. Giovanna and Dr. Jim McFadian. They talk about red flags, what to look for, and when someone who is struggling might be in danger. I do encourage you to take a listen. In the meantime, what can we do to be more sensitive to those around us? To hug or not to hug? What about a handshake? What about bumping elbows? What about distancing? In a Wall Street Journal article, Jennifer Levitz reports that the Chesterfield Chamber of Commerce in Virginia has restarted its in-person business networking events. Handshakes, backslaps, and close talkers are optional. (laughs) It's confusing, right? So instead, attendees at the group's events are encouraged to select a new pandemic-era accessory. Brightly colored wristbands or stickers that signal whether they want others to approach them. A plastic sign, kind of like a, like a key on a map, provides the code modeled on traffic lights. So red means no contract, no contact with no exceptions. Yellow means elbow only. And green is come hither. Well, you get the idea. There are numerous examples of this happening all over the country as Americans are getting back to, for lack of a better better word, normal. Another one is Elation Factory Company in Houston. They're a producer of decorations and other event-related materials. And they offer a social distancing event kit that they say allows guests to literally Read the room. Well, you got to hand it to American ingenuity. We psychologists call this, all of this, boundary setting. And the important thing, the important takeaway is that you know who you are. You know if you're red, yellow, or green. And that you protect yourself. And further, that you respect the boundary of others. But if you remain red for far too long, if you stay in your cave and barely live your life, well, that needs attention. We'll be talking about that very thing in our next podcast called When Grief Won't End. If you feel stuck, maybe lost a loved one some time ago and you can't seem to move on, I encourage you to listen. 
As we emerge from this difficult time, I'm sending you hugs and prayers. Till next time. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey Podcast. I hope today's topic proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjvcenter.org. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.